I don't know what your police captain told you about me, but I'm a different breed of podcast. I'm from the streets, and I'm the last podcast. Welcome back, listeners, to the last podcast. Last time we had with us Bryce Levi Perkins, and this time we have with us... Shatana Powell, always. Call me she. What's up? She. Uh, she. What was the last community project you did? Mm. So since COVID hit, community projects really went on a spiraling mm-hmm. hold. Um, so the last community project that I did was actually just before the pandemic... Uh, and it was called Wear Orange for Gun Violence. I remember that. You yeah. sent me a, a link for that. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool because the mayor of Houston showed up and then a bunch of people running for like local office showed up. Nice, <laughs> nice. And we did a splatter mural. So we just threw paint balloons at uh, like a, pa- a graffiti painting. So the process was me and a graffiti artist we painted these words and then we taped the words so that they wouldn't get messed up. And then the community got these balloons filled with paint and they got to throw them at the the board. That's fun. And once it was done, we peeled off all the tape and revealed the message and that was how we did it. That is super fun. Yeah, uh, it was where so is much that? fun. Um, is that still up? It was donated to the community center over where we were doing it. It's off of Little York. But honestly, with the city, I have no idea what they do with the work. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is not the first time I did a project with the city. I did another one, oh, whoa, way back in 2016, where we made a flower mural. Um, and they said that the work is hanging in a library somewhere. So, oh, nice. Yeah, if you want to just surf all the libraries, just visit them all. The Every time. single library. <laughs> you know? Yeah, let she know where it's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do a do a scavenger hunt around Houston. <laughs> Hopefully, it's in Houston. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Could be at uh, well, man. Maybe one here at the Chicago Library. You walk in, and there it is. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be only... crazy? Like it would be. They'd be like, oh well. Honestly, where Orange did start off in Chicago, because a woman, a girl named Hadia Pendleton, was killed by a stray bullet, and then the mm-hmm. Mothers Against Gun Violence came together to start this event to bring awareness about gun violence to all the city and then it kind of became a national thing. So maybe the Wear Orange organization was like, let's put that in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be so cool. Uh, have you done any other uh, phantasms? Mm, no, I just did one phantasm, but honestly that was my very first art show. Yeah, I remember. I had never done an art show before. I just wanted to see if I could do it partially because I remember the Art League Houston, I was trying to get a job there, and they're like, you've never hosted or curated an event before, and I was like, I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) And you did it. And I did it. I actually, I've been reflecting on my career, and I realized if I didn't have haters, I wouldn't be anywhere. (laughs) They push you to do things. They really do. I would have never had the motivation to host a show, period. Um, but when I did Phantasm, I learned so much. Like, there were some small mistakes, like supporting artists who were coming out or like crowd control and stuff like that. So, like, the very next event that I did, um, 
which became like this huge success because we had over like a thousand people come to it Dang. and it was at the houston museum of african-american culture there was no way i, I could have anticipated that big of a crowd um but what I learned from the first art show that I did, I fixed it in the second art show, and that's the only reason why I have a career right now. Wow. <laughs> because, like, I don't know if there's any aspiring curators out there, but if you do an art show, you can't just do the show. You have to film the show. You have to f mm -hmm. photograph the show. Mm -hmm. You have to do a media run. Um, uh, and a media run includes newspapers, magazines, and radio outlets and and that's just like kind of the start once you've done that you also have to find event organizers who's going to go out to your target audience and be like come to this event you know and then when people get there you have to have stuff for them like yeah. people want merch and stuff like that so it's you know you're throwing an event it's not just the event there's all this stuff and um phantasm gave me gave me that start to know like what's 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 this all about <laughs> yeah i was honored to be a part of it i'm, I'm was... sorry that mine got cut short Man. uh what happened was like so uh i would do these like sound pieces for everyone listening in the audience and uh i had a very lengthy mic for just in case you know because i would travel around the room and i'd get people to make sounds mm -hmm. but no one would move up close mm -hmm. and so everyone was standing at the back of the room and okay. so I start walking towards them uh, to start the piece, and the mic pulled my set down, oh. and it hit the floor, and then it just started like making these sounds I had never experienced before. And I would unplug it and plug it back in, and I thought it was broken. Oh. Like, and so I had to cut. I had to call it, you know. Yeah. And I, I felt so bad that I was just like, oh, I didn't really get to do a performance that I promised. Uh, but luckily, it was not broken, and it still works. Good. But it was just making out this like. Ee! And it's just like, I can't do the piece with this going on. So much anxiety. Also, I kind of feel like the audience, you can't, you can't blame your audience, but your audience was really being standoffish. They were. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, come on in. And they were like literally standing by the door. Yeah. And it was like four people. And I was just like, okay. And it was even someone I knew too was part of it. And it was just like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I can't explain it. Houston is kind of odd in that way. Like... You engaging the community really means like working hard to make sure that they're super, super, super comfortable to engage. Mm -hmm. um, also, I've learned that nobody wants to listen to someone they don't know. So like you always have to have like people that they are willing to listen to. Just talk to them. Um, I remember actually having to find like like I would go to like places in Houston and, and present a project and they would turn me down. And then I would just like ask the people around who work there, I'd be like, you know, who usually does these things? Like who's usually in charge? And then I would find them, hang out with them, drink or whatever, do with them. And then I'd be like, hey, can you say these exact same words to this person? And then that's how business yeah, gets done. Yeah, right? You know? That's been like almost my whole arc It's like <laughs> trying to just establish a name for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then finally, like, it's been like 10 years since I started Draw Book and four to five years since I started Who the Thunk. And even just now, people are finally starting to be like, oh, okay, Sean is this person. He's doing these things. Uh, it really is insane. The, the Houston, it, it, That's such a Houston thing, it yeah. seems like. That it's just like... It's... Okay, it's snobbery, but imagine snobbery without 
the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And then also the audiences are so picky. Yeah. Like, it, it's like they come out to do these things, but they also come out to just not enjoy themselves. That's that's really like the Houston audience. It's like they 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 have no expectations, but yet, all the expectations. but all the expectations. <laughs> and it, it's such a weird experience because like you'd be at a comedy show, and they're just like they literally will sit there with their arms crossed, like uh, like I'm I'm here, but I'm not here to be entertained. Like I'm just here to be present. It's just like what? Like why go to a comedy show? You <laughs> Did know? Like, someone force you out your house, sir? Like- <laughs> it, it seems like that is our entire audience base in Houston. Oh, and, uh, I can't wait for the day that that changes. Because, like, really, the Houston art scene and comedy scene is so good. It is. I mean, first of all, Houston, warm city, plenty diverse people, mm-hmm. relatively cheap to live, to work, to play, to do anything. Um, like, the amount of competition to do things is so high, though, because there's so many people competing. Mm-hmm. And then there's like these, I call them puppet masters or levers. The people with the money at the top yeah. are very narrow-minded yeah. and oftentimes very old. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, imagine trying to convince like your mother or your grandfather that like this new thing is going to be popping. They're like, I'm not spending a dime on that. Yeah, right? <laughs> and it's like, if only you took a chance, you know, like, but it's like, Nope, I can't because uh, you can't prove to me that this will be financially successful or anything. It's just kind of like Hollywood with current movies and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's like every almost everything these days is based off of something that was already happened or a story because they know it'll sell. Yeah. Uh, and there's only like select people like Jordan Peele making new movies and taking you know risks and stuff. And he's nailing it. Yeah. Uh, but Hollywood doesn't take those risks anymore. You have you to be know. your own producer and everything. And honestly, okay, so I was watching this show called Inventing Anna on Netflix. And it's really the show that talks about, I hate to say it like this, but millennials and millennial culture, you and me. Basically, they're saying that our generation is all about presenting these new and novel ideas. Um, but in the show... Like, this woman was literally a grifter. Just like the guy who did Fire Festival. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at this thing. Give me all this money. But also, okay, I want you to imagine that context of, like, these super rich, super privileged children who are pr- proposing these new innovative ideas. And they get really far because of who they know. Mm-hmm. I want you to imagine that context in Houston with no money. Yeah. Like... Basically, you'll have a bunch of people who of are, are of our generation who have like great ideas, but like very little money. Um, and the only way we can get anywhere is by who we know. And if you know the right people, then you'll get a grant of a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. It's just like completely crazy, like topsy turvy world. Um, that's why I love the city, but I hate I hate that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I really think it will change because money, 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 money talks, money, money yeah. talks. You know, yeah. <laughs> and you have to leave to get somewhere. Um, you have to leave to get somewhere. And that's really like, in the ten years that I've been in the art scene, that seems to be the thing to do. It's like once you finally leave Houston and you, you not even like make it anywhere else, you just leave 
And then once you come back, they're like, oh, wow, they went to L.A., you know. It's like, now they have a name. Now I remember who you are. And it's like, all they did was leave. All they did was took a plane to L.A. You know, that's a whole fucking sketch. Right there. <laughs> You'd be like, I've been trying to make it as an artist. I'm a starving artist on the heats of Houston. And someone's just like, you want to go to New York? It's like, to make it? No, just go. You Let's know? just, just go. Like, Let's hey, just hang out hang for out, a month. Know? And then when we come back, we'll be famous. And then you come back. They're like, she went to New York. Oh, my God. Did you go? How the fuck did you get to New York? I took a plane. Like, <laughs> a, a bus? A bus, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I kind of just, you know... My friend invited me. I hung out on their very small couch for like a six weeks. Yeah, oh I, I walked by Conan O'Brien. You walked by Conan O'Brien. Wow! What? Let me touch you. I actually took a picture of a cardboard cutout of Drake. You know, with me. <laughs> here's the grant. What? <laughs> you know Drake? Yeah, here's the picture. Here's the photo. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> but also that speaks to superficiality and not appreciating uh, anything. Because the, the city of Houston, the culture of Houston, you'll hear that about every single city. The city of Houston, the culture of this place actually created us, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Houston's like a wonderful small town kind of environment where you can fall in love with the people and with the places as long as you don't need anything, you know? Like, Oof. Oof. <laughs> and it is, it, it, you're right. It, like, even though it is this huge spread out city. When you get involved with the right scenes, like art scenes or community or the comedy scenes, it really is a small, like, family-ish community. You, like, learn who everyone is. You see everyone. But, yeah, right there, like, it just kind of ends right there. And then you either make it or break it, you know, and the making it part is so difficult because everyone makes it so difficult for each other. And it's like, that was before COVID, like, right before COVID. I was really heavily leaning into, like, kind of starting like a I don't know how to describe it but like a media group or something or a conglomerate you know like where essentially it's like let's support each other and let's raise each other up like let's make like YouTube videos or like let's be on each other's podcasts like let's you know really integrate each other but then COVID hit and like tore everything apart and stopped everything but I think that like if stuff like that were to happen that's really what's going to change the game like uh, an example I could give right now is I had the idea to, like, uh, a part of the group would be videotaping all the shows and the comedy scenes. Mm-hmm. And then either you could, like, use it for your reels, or you could put them on YouTube, or you can do anything you want with it, really. Yeah. And Secret Group is doing that now. They, like, installed a camera to where, like, and they're selling sets. Like, if you want to buy your set, you just pay $15, they'll record your set and everything. They mic the audience, you know. And, like, it's that type of stuff that's really going to change the game. Yeah. And it's like, if if only, like, we all did uh, that everywhere, you know? Content. Yeah. Content is king. And in business, speaking of movies, speaking of Hollywood, what they learned... I was listening to a podcast on Marvel. What they learned was intellectual property is the gold. Like, in the past, right, they were saying in this podcast, you would find the famous actor or actress... And they would drive the revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so intellectual property didn't really matter. You could have any old movie just as long as you had the star. Yeah. Now, doesn't matter if you're a star. It's about how good this actual piece of art is, like mm-hmm. at its heart. Like, what is this piece about? What is the intellectual um, things that went into it? So 
content is king everywhere because you can get a pretty face anywhere. Yeah, that but makes so much sense. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, uh, and, and we're seeing that really heavy with the the whole pretty face, like, kind of crowd now. It's like everything is, like, even later stage. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm losing my train of thought on, like, the word that I'm looking for, but, like, basically, like, Body standards are mm-hmm. such at a higher rate than they were before. Like, I, I like just the other day, like, uh, I remember seeing, like, posts of, like, Jennifer Aniston wasn't hot, you know? And it's, like, compared to, like, these days, like, models that are actresses and actors, mm-hmm. it's like, what? Like, back in the 90s, like, she was, like, peak, you know? Yeah. Or, like, any other, like, top actors and actresses back then. But now it's, like, these days the standards are set so high. And also with technology, it's, like, they're mostly fake. They're mostly edited and it really is such a shame. Uh-huh. You know what, though? Okay, so I've been thinking about my new shows um, because I'm like social practice artist. For me, an art show is all about the experience yeah. and um, what shows I'm going to be creating. And I was really like inspired by um, that HBO show. Um, God, what was it called? It was a it was a science fiction show, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard a lot about it. Okay, so there's a lot of themes in there, but there's this one theme where, um, like, you can just name yourself. Like these days, um, you can just. I want to be an astronaut today. I'm an astronaut. I'm gonna go do things. You know, <laughs> yeah. just name who you want to be, and then go out and be it. Um, and don't confine yourself to like a definition of who you thought you were just because you did something in the past doesn't mean you have to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted to like lean into that idea and like create this show where people could just like don on these different personalities and different identities um, that maybe they they weren't able to. And so I had this idea. It's almost like building a, a movie set where like um, I would create a set where like you had these pictures um and they're pictures of paintings like just blown out of proportion like really huge um and then like behind the picture um like there's a step and then you can like walk into the and then like i'm behind it there's like a little dressing room where you can get dressed to look like the people in the picture or you can get dressed to look like whatever you want so like when you come out of the dressing room back out on the other side you're like literally walking out the picture looking how you want to be <laughs> yeah wow um and you're part of the picture as well yeah and you're part of it and it's like this experience of just being able to just like shed identities and like dawn on different identities and i wanted the room to have like a variety of pictures like four or five pictures so like you could walk out of one picture and walk back into a different picture and change and so on and so forth um i just I feel like that is so much more important and that's something that is relatively new. Like, it's not new, but it's relatively new. It's reestablishing itself. Yeah. Uh, I'm going through a philosophy podcast and one of the things that, like, I was exposed to uh, was kind of that concept of identity. Like, who each of us are and around, like, the 1800s or whenever, like, newspapers started being a thing... And then especially when TV became a thing and radio, uh, you were your identity. Like, you were yourself. You were whoever you wanted to be. But then when these things started coming out, people started being each other. Mm. 
and now especially with how technology is these days and how media is represented everyone is basically just a reflection of something else mm. and so identity has kind of become like almost everyone lacks identity in a way and so i enjoy stuff like that because like it it leads to a paradoxical question of like I'm choosing to be like let's take the art thing for example it's like if I myself is, see that painting and I'm like I want to be that painting am I choosing to reflect the being of that painting or am I choosing my identity to be a part of the painting mm. or I don't even know if I'm asking the right question about that like it's Okay, so let's kind of think about this, again, in a philosophical way. Um, I'm going to introduce a thought and then come back to it. So um, when you're talking about representing identity, there's two ways to do it. You can paint a portrait, super realistic portrait of Sean, you know, holding a pen and a book, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, or you can, you can represent the form, the form of Sean. So you're not really trying to get the most realistic picture of Sean. You're just painting the form of a man, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I tend to like the form over the figure because um, I kind of have like a, a quasi-religious thing. Paintings of realistic people, like real realistic paintings, creep me the fuck out. Hyper-realism. Yeah, they yeah. creep me the fuck out. Like, I don't like looking at a human we're looking back at me like I always get this like really creepy haunted house feeling like the person's gonna come out um you know <laughs> or like when I'm not there what are they doing you know or something like that um th there's been many conversations about this like there's this one black painter here in Houston his name is Robert Hoge and he was making these realistic paintings of black people um and they look beautiful they look regal but in each one of the paintings he would give them a weapon like an AK-47 or a knife and when you asked him about it he was just like well i have no idea where they're going when they leave me so i always like to give them some pr protection you know because <laughs> you know like the people who buy these super realistic figures um of black people are oftentimes white people mm -hmm. white people with a lot of money yeah. um and so that's just like this weird thing um and last thing on this topic is uh islamic people don't believe in painting the face of humans because they believe that we're literally a reflection of God and you should never paint the face of God because nobody knows what God looks like. And so the problem that Islamic people have with Christians is that they gave God a face. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, man. You yes. Know? <laughs> so I always like to go with the form over the figure because the form can transform. It yeah. can be anything. Yeah. Like the form of Sean is just a man. Yeah. And a man can be whatever he wants, yeah. you know? <laughs> I, I completely agree. Uh, and that's such a concept to some people. Yeah. Uh, especially Christians. Yeah. Um, but back to more last questions. Because we kind of went on a... A tangent. <laughs> a, a, for a next podcast level tangent. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. Um, Do you, have, do you have any last questions? Um, what have you been doing since the last time we were like in a space interacting? I feel like it has been years and I've changed and you've changed. Mm -hmm. It's probably been like three years. Yeah. Um, it was like a year before the pandemic. So we were probably like really close and interacting between 2018 through 2019. 
And then after that, it was like, we left and we changed. Now it's 2020. Change. Oh, well, me. Uh, I continued to do improv. Um, I'm now a... I think at the time I kind of was. But I am a official player at Comedy Sports Houston. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we've been... uh, And we moved online when the pandemic hit. And so that never really closed. And we're still doing successful... Uh, we're doing sold out shows and stuff still. Yeah. People are still coming out. Longest running comedy show in Houston. Yes. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, draw book continued. Who'd have thunk continued. I kept making music. Uh, my, I have 76 albums now worldwide. Nice. Uh, and they're getting better. I think the last one is, uh, I love to share, like uh, anyone listening, I, I'm very proud of the last album, Vibrations Between and Beyond. Um, the Art of Ceilings continued. It, I did have a hiatus for a while. Yeah. Because the phone that I was using, uh, the battery in it kind of like puffed up like a pillow. Oh. And it ruined the phone. And so like uh, the I when I got a new phone, I was like, oh, I'll just take them on this phone. But it changes the size. This phone is skinnier than the other phone. Oh. And so it would take smaller photos of ceilings and it would cut out like really good parts. And so... Uh, when I started at the Manil, I bought a new one. I went on Amazon and I found an old Note 3 and I bought it. So that project's back in style. Um, I've started the podcast. I have four podcasts now. Hmm. Um, and I feel like there's other things I've done, but... Life. Yeah, everything just... I just kept things rolling, you know? Like, things got hard at sometimes, you know? But I was just like, I, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep, keep these things rolling because... I'm just trying to, well, I'm trying multiple things, but I am building a legacy to be left when I'm not here anymore, you know, and not just for myself, but like for the universe around me. Like I'm trying to leave things better than, you know, when, when I was here or when I came, you know, and, uh, just trying to influence what I desire to be, you know, and even though I don't decide like what's going to happen, like yeah, I still have some influence on that, and so like I'm trying to make as much change as as I can, trying to dent the universe, or dent the world, you know, because I mean like yeah, we do have impact. I kind of, that just makes me think about time and space. I remember on one of my podcast episodes, I was like, um, if you travel in the future, in the past. The thing that never goes away is locations. Like, they change, but, like, the land is still there. So, like, if you're ever haunting someone, just, like, pick a location, you know? You were talking about that on the... I was listening to the podcast on the way here, one of yours, and you were talking about just that, of, like, if you could pick a moment in time and space, like, what is the constant? The earth, the, the sun, the sky, the moon, like, all these things. And everything is changing. Like, uh, what was it? When the world is, like, climate change is, like, ravishing the world, the thing that's going to change isn't Earth. We always say we're killing the Earth. But no, Earth is still going to be here. Mm -hmm. It's like, will we? Can we live in the Earth that we transform, you know? Um, And that's also something that I think about. Um, I think we are part of the metaphysical plane like cosmically like this moment right now like is a moment that someone who is able to travel through it is going to be able to come back and be like you know i i just find that so interesting like how are we 
connecting ourselves to time and space and thinking about that because we tend to be so short-sighted, I think. Well, I I completely agree. It seems that uh, in my observation, and this could be completely incorrect or anything, it's still, and it's not an absolute perspective. It's still evolving. But it really seems that every decade is when that that's kind of the human attention span. Mm. Uh, and not, I, I'm not talking about like you forget what happened 1,500 years ago because there's still history and everything. And especially now with technology, we're still very much so interconnected with like all of history. Like we can go online and look at anything and everything that happened. We can you know connect with the opposite of the world. But it seems that every 10 years. Uh, that like you forgot what happened ten years ago. It's like, oh wow, did that art? Did, was that just ten years ago? You know, or like, uh, like if you think a decade ago about like what celebrity was like, you know, most popular or what they were voting for ten years ago. You know, it's like it's almost difficult to remember. That was ten whole years ago. Twenty twenty two, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Obama was in office. He was, really? See, we're questioning it. You, yeah. you get what I mean? <laughs> Ten years is a long time. Yeah. And for a human, it's like that's when you really start to trail off things. And like even even most humans like forget what they were doing five minutes ago. Yes. And so for a 10-year span, uh, it's really difficult to like bridge that gap. And so um, I don't know where I'm leading with this, but just that concept of a decade. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Like art is meant to be something for those who come after to use, um, to like, to use in whatever way. Um, two things come to mind. So one, there's this. I watch a lot of Netflix. There's this show on Netflix called Archive Eighty Eight or something like that, and it's about um, someone who manipulates film, and they're manipulating a film from like the 90s and they're looking at it and trying to piece together a story and then the other one I already mentioned it was this Kanye West documentary where the man who made it he had been filming Kanye West for 20 years so he had 20 years of just like footage and it's surreal to like go back 20 years to look at like again celebrity um, to look at this process of trying to make it and ironically I was connecting so much to this story because Kanye West is talking about the same things that we are talking about. Like he was just a kid. He wasn't doing rap in the same way that everyone else was at the time because rap was all about gangster rap. It was all about mm-hmm. being a, like this man who was a killer, this man who was tough. Mm-hmm. But God, Kanye West was just like, I don't want to be that. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about my mom. I want to talk about my family. I want to talk about things that are important to me. Um, and like nobody would ever take him seriously and, and, and it was always this thing of like just trying to get in just trying to be taken seriously I, oh my gosh I can relate to that so much yeah and you look at Kanye when he was like that very first episode that's out oh my god he does look like a kid he's like skinny I swear to god someone he grew into his teeth his teeth were even too big for him you know <laughs> he wore these like huge glasses But he always had, like, this confidence, like, I'm going to be someone. And you could just hear everyone else around him just, like, audibly rolling their eyes. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And it's like, why do we do that to each other? I think it's competition. Yeah. We don't want someone to be someone because we want to be someone. Yeah. And it's this belief that there's only one. There can only be one. 
you it's know all of us. it's the whole experience and like i think that's a result of uh not just capitalism but like all of these different controlling of being taken advantage of that and it's like we fight each other rather than fighting the thesis you know uh but that's 30 minutes uh, oh any last God. things to say I can't believe how quickly time goes. Like, I swear to God, I feel like I talk a lot. I, I always want more time to talk. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> like, sometimes these podcasts, like, we really get into it. And it's just like, oh, man, like, I don't want to cut it yet. But we have we got to. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, any other things to say? Where can people follow you? Plugs? Yeah. You can always find me uh, online. I have a website called artivismcommunityart.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at artivismcommunityart. If you're just looking for me on these streets, call me Shatana. Um, Shatana Powell is my name. And yeah, um, check me out. All right. Cash App, Venmo, PayPal? Uh, yes, Artivism Community Art. You can find me on PayPal, but not Cash App or Venmo. I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she will. Thank you for being on. Thank you, Sean. All right, see y'all next time. Adios.